Mandy Yakich from Creative Matters, and you're listening to Creative Matters On Air, where I have conversations with new and established artists from around New Zealand. I love to listen to artists' stories and learn about their creative process, and maybe you do too, which is why I've made this podcast, to inspire, inform and educate. I hope you can take away something positive and encouraging from each of these amazing stories to help you on your own creative journey. Today I'm talking to Vanessa Fong. Vanessa is a young Tamaki Makoro Auckland artist who gained a fine arts degree at 20 years old and has worked in art galleries and art education since then. She is now 27 and celebrating one year in her own business, selling her intricately handmade clay earrings through her Dewdrops brand, informed by her fine art practice in sculpture and installation and her love of painting. Vanessa started making earrings during the first COVID lockdown in 2020 as a creative hobby and suddenly found herself obsessed with polymer clay. Her website and first collection was launched in spring 2020 and she received so much encouraging support, firstly from friends and family and then from further afield and she hasn't looked back. A year ago, Vanessa never imagined she would be stocking her creations in gallery shops, promoting herself and her brand, running workshops, managing a creative business, creating lookbooks and newsletters to customers and selling her creations to people all over New Zealand. Vanessa's story of her creative practice, process and business will be especially fascinating for young art students and people interested in starting a creative business, as well, of course, for creatives who love a good story and want to feel inspired. You can see her beautiful earrings on our blog, creativematters.co.nz, and also on her website, dewdrops.co.nz. It's level three lockdown time in Auckland, so today I'm calling Vanessa. Welcome to Creative Matters, Vanessa. Hi, Mandy. Thank you for having me. Hi, it's so good to see you. And yeah, um, yeah we haven't seen each other for a while. Um, we've known each other for a few years. I met you first when you came for an interview to work for Creative Matters as an art educator. Yeah, that was a couple of years ago now. Yeah, and um, you know, you're amazing to work with. Unfortunately, you are now focusing on your business and we don't have you on the team. But um, you know, it's so exciting for me to see your your amazing journey with your business. And uh, yeah, you're doing so well. Oh, thank you. Very cool. <laughs> so how have you been, Vanessa? I have been pretty good. I've been um, very busy during lockdown, um, mostly making and designing um, new earrings for, for Christmas. I think it'll be probably my, my busiest time of year. So um, yeah, I've been... Um, mostly in the studio this whole time but yeah, yeah it's been it's been hard it's been hard during lockdown and I'm sure it has been for everyone yeah it's a difficult time so Auckland um has been in level three lockdown for nearly eight weeks isn't it yeah 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 so it has been tricky so how do you find that for you and your your practice do you manage to kind of keep getting creative or does it put a bit of a stop to your amazing creativity um I think that even when I'm feeling uninspired, I um, always try and find 
usually things on the internet or um, just it, it could be just from playing in the studio to find ways to um, to be creative again and, and to be inspired because I know it's it's hard when you're working on your own and um, you spend a lot of time on your own and, it, and you don't always have that second opinion you know from people mm-hmm. to let you know if things are going well or not so, yeah totally um, yeah, yeah I get that absolutely and um you know you're you are a real inspiration I think especially for um younger people because you know you're only 27 and you have already achieved so much in your life and you have this amazing business, which you're celebrating, a, you know, one year, your first year in business yes. um, this month, isn't it? So yeah. I think your story is going to be really interesting for, you know, high school students and for people in their 20s and also for um, other creative people, just the, the the journey that you've taken really to um, to get to the point that you're at now. So I'm really looking forward to hearing your story. So can we start right at the beginning? Where were you born? And can you tell us something about your childhood? Yeah. Um, so I was born in Auckland and I was raised in Pukekohe, which is south of Auckland. Um, and my family owned a market gardening business. So um, both my parents were vegetable growers. Um, and so, yeah, I grew up uh kind of not very creative in terms of uh, like my family weren't very creative but I kind of found um, art and and drawing um, when I was a bit older as a child Um, and mostly through books I think like my mum would take me to the library and I'd get books out on on crafts and origami and drawing and kind of found um, found art making in that way um, as a young kid um, and it wasn't until I went to high school and I started painting that I really fell in love with with art and um, and and creating. So, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a bit of a journey, I think. Mm, well, yeah, it's so great that you discovered it in high school. Yeah. So what what did you, what did you do in high school with your art? Did you go right through to year thirteen? I um, went up until year 12, so I actually left school um, in year 12. I applied for Whitecliffe, so I went to um, uni at Whitecliffe, and um, I got accepted uh, in year 12, so I ended up leaving school and going straight into uni, which was really nice. (laughs) Mm, Yeah, that's amazing. Um, That's so young, really, isn't it? Yeah, like my parents weren't too happy about it. Um, choosing art as a career was, um, I guess they were a bit uncertain about where um, where it would take me, especially with uh, creative arts and finding jo- like a job afterwards. Yeah, it's um, pretty common, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I think... Parents um, worrying about their children when they leave school. Absolutely. Especially yeah. like, especially leaving school early and doing it as well. Mm. Yeah. So you uh, did you at that stage just know what you wanted to do? Yeah, especially during um, year eleven and year twelve in high school, um, I started painting a lot, and I spent a lot of my lunch times even at school painting. And um, I had a very supportive and amazing art teacher at the time, who um, she did her masters through Whitecliffe. So that's how I found out about um, about it. And um, I had a couple of other friends who who also applied for um, for Whitecliffe um, a year early too. So we it was me and two other friends who ended up going there. 
Um, and yeah, so I absolutely, yeah, really loved painting and, and thought I would be a painter for sort of the rest of my life at that point. But really? um, yeah, it's interesting, interesting how yeah. things change, especially yeah. now. So were you thinking, you know, go to uni, learn about painting, become mm-hmm. a painter? Yes, yeah, absolutely. And I, I didn't know anything about, you know, like working in sculpture and installation at the time. And I very much discovered that more so when I got to art school. So mm. um, I haven't really come back to painting since. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, it's weird. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, tell us about your time at uni. How did you, you know, what did you develop and how did you get into sculpture in the end? Mm, so um, I got more into sculpture in my last two years of uni, um, mostly because the first the first two years are more about experimenting and um, and working in different different mediums. And so um, it wasn't till my third year I started working a lot with found objects, um, and I started photographing found objects and um, making sculptural assemblages and um, working in uh, sort of more abandoned areas and, and photographing in those kinds of spaces. So um, that ended up developing into more of a, um, a like a video project as well that I ended up doing. And um, I was very much influenced by my husband's parents who have this crazy house with all these things. And it was kind of the perfect place for me to, um, to make sculptural works from. Um, they're kind of, I guess, hoarders in a way. So I ended up having a lot of materials to work from in, in art school. So mm, How amazing. Yeah. What a cool yeah. thing to bring <laughs> objects from your your know. <laughs> That's really great. And so what, what kind of thing did they have? What sort of objects? Um, it was like, it was like old TVs, old rugs, um, like just buckets around the house were filled with water and things growing in them and <laughs> and things that had been, had been left there for so many years um, became um, really interesting for me to, to photograph and um, take things into the studio as well and and um, seeing everyday objects as as sculptures and, and then being able to take them out of the studio and back into the everyday, um, I, I really was interested in that in that transition from object to art. Mm, love mm. it. And how do you think you kind of went down that road and, and left your painting behind? Um, well, I, I feel like through through sculpture and photography, I very much use the same kind of painting skills in my work, especially with things like uh, with composition and and colors. You know, I very much kind of use that in my in my sculptural practice and even in what I'm doing now with making earrings and, and photography with that, I feel like that kind of comes across. So I feel like I'm still kind of painting in a way, but just, you know, in different mediums. Mm, yeah, I love that. That's really interesting. And I guess, you know, your your clay work, which we'll, we'll get on to um, a bit later, is quite painterly, isn't it? It is, yeah. So it's it's a lot of like uh, illustrating with clay. So it kind of feels like I'm I'm drawing and also kind of painting all at the mm. same time. So yeah, for sure, that's very cool. And so, what did you do? You know, coming to the end of your university days, what was <laughs> what was the plan? Um, I was actually very confused and a bit unsure about what I wanted to do after I left uni. You know, um, in terms of uh, career my art practice and also finding a job were like three things that I was, you know, kind of struggling with. And I kind of took a little bit of a break um, after I graduated from 
um, just from art making in general to find a job. Um, it's pretty hard to find a job after you leave art school, you know, um, and, and getting like work experience. And so I um, ended up uh, getting a casual job as a gallery assistant um, in Pukekohe. There's a, um, an art gallery there um, called the Franklin Art Centre. And that was my first, um, my first uh, job in sort of the art scene. Um, and so I worked there for about two years um, and then eventually got a job working at the Auckland Art Gallery um, also as a gallery assistant. So, mm, which yeah. is so good. I mean, it's a lovely, you know, side side interest, I guess, or side job to your interest in art, isn't it? But, you yeah. know, obviously without the art making side of things. Yeah, it kind of made sense as well, like from, from doing an art degree to go into an art gallery to work as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a really great opportunity to, um, to learn about how the art world kind of works as well and how galleries operate too. That's right. So, yeah. yeah. And um, what do you enjoy about your work at the, at the Auckland Art Gallery? Um, I think it's it's working with the people and because I worked with kids a lot um, at the gallery and I did a lot of uh, like workshops and um, weekend art making activities with families um, and that was probably my my favorite part um, mm. of working at the gallery was yeah. um, being able to interact with with young people um, and just and just you know seeing all the artworks too every day was also yeah. Amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah. And as you know, I, I used to work at Auckland Art Gallery myself. As yes. an art <laughs> I don't think we knew each other then, did we? Or no. you weren't working there at that time. I wasn't. I yeah. No. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the thing I used to love the most about working there was the staff meetings with the curators and they'd talk about the shows that were coming and talk about how they'd gone to, you know, Vienna to to talk with an artist about a potential show mm-hmm. and then they'd, you know, show a slideshow of, of all their beautiful artworks and, and talk about the artist. And, you know, for me, I just found that so fascinating. And I guess my sort of knowledge of art, especially New Zealand art, just increased so much. So uh, it's a great job in that respect. Yeah, definitely. Definitely um, gives you a lot of opportunities to see um, like how shows are put together as well mm. um, and all the behind the scenes that goes on in an art gallery. You don't really see that That's unless right. you've worked in one, yeah. Yeah, and it's an incredible place to be for a creative person because it's so inspirational. It is, yeah, and you meet a lot of uh, artists too. It's a great sort of place for connections. Yeah, and I yeah. found it, it it helped me with my own art practice, I think, you know, just getting ideas from looking at work every day while I was at work and yeah um, yeah it was it's a great job I think for an artist um as a part-time job you know just because you're kind of in that world and absolutely uh, yeah it can be good for your practice I think yeah I think it um you can also you know you can still have an art practice and work in a gallery at the same time and mm-hmm. it kind of works well together yeah yeah totally. I think it does so you're still working at the Auckland Art Gallery I'm now. not, no. Oh, so I, I've left, um, I left at the end of July 
And so I've been working on my business on my own since. <laughs> wow. And you left yeah. Creative Matters around that I time. did. Yeah. yeah. So um, that was kind of leaping off the cliff, wasn't it? I threw myself in, into the deep end with that one. And then all of a sudden we went into lockdown. And um, yeah, it wasn't, I mean, I don't think we were expecting that to happen. Um but um, I think it's been really good for me. Like I kind of wanted to put myself through a bit of that struggle to be able to um, figure out what I wanted to do and where I wanted to take my business. Mm. And sometimes yeah. I think you need to have that. You need to kind of jump off the cliff so you can devote yourself and your headspace and your thinking to what you're creating in business. Yeah, absolutely. It can be yeah, it can be hard to sort of uh, manage multiple jobs and and projects all at the same time. Yeah, definitely. yeah, and it takes away from the making and the thinking, and sometimes you've just got to devote yourself to it. I found yeah, absolutely. So, um, Vanessa, can you explain to people who don't know your work what your um, earrings business is all about? And that's called Dewdrops. Yeah, yeah, um, and. Yeah, can you describe the kind of work that you make? Yeah, so um, I make statement earrings mostly um, and I um, create my works by um, rolling very fine small pieces of clay um, and um, creating designs. So I'm kind of illustrating with the clay and drawing with the clay. Um, I tend to do a lot of florals at the moment, you know, I've done a lot of florals and um, just little uh, illustrations and designs Um, and then I embed them so I roll the designs into the clay and um, I've got little like cutters for different shapes depending on the kind of earring that I want to make and the design um, and then I bake them in the oven, you know, if you've worked with polymer clay it's um, something that you can very much do at home and so my studio is also um, is also at home as well. And um, so when I when I bake them, I do a lot of uh, sanding um, and um, and buffing to get them really smooth. Um, and then I and I start to assemble them and um, turn them into um, into earrings. So, yeah, uh, oh, yeah. it's quite a process. Process, yeah. And I I've watched you very closely through Facebook and Instagram and. Um, you know, the way that you actually work is absolutely, to me, incredibly fastidious. And, you know, you the work that you make is so delicate, or especially the designs that you, that you actually incorporate into the earrings um, is, yeah, it's incredibly fiddly. And then the way that you produce a number of earrings that are all exactly the same, it's all, the whole process to me is very exact. Um yes. <laughs> Which I admire because I don't think I could do that myself. I wouldn't have the patience. It's a lot no. of tiny, like tiny work. Like the smallest works that I've ever made. You know, it's such a small canvas to work on to begin with. Um, and then creating little designs on on top of that um, has been, you know, I'm, I'm always working very closely to my table, I feel like. You know, I'm yeah. like leaning down, I'm hunching over just to get these tiny little flowers. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a good thing that you're young and your eyes <laughs> started uh, deteriorating but um you can see Vanessa's work on the blog on her blog post which is on creativematters.co.nz um that's a good place to just have a look and see what you're actually making and um we'll include the links for your Facebook and Instagram and pages and also your um your website 
Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Something that you kind of need to see in person, I feel like. Yeah, it is, yeah. It is that kind of work. I mean, it is very unique. So um, how did you actually come about making these earrings and, and getting the idea and working with polymer clay? How did that happen? Um, so I started working with polymer clay um, last year during the first lockdown that we went into. And um, I actually had the polymer clay that I bought the clay years ago, about five years ago, and it had been sitting in, in a closet for so long. And um, I had went through a, a, a short polymer clay phase um, a few years back and then only really brought it back during lockdown when I had a bit more time on my hands. And um, when I first started working with it, I, I started making little pots, so like very miniature um, little pots for plants. And then uh, eventually I came across uh, a few different earring businesses on Instagram and saw that people were, um, people had a full on business, you know, making earrings and um, were making a living from it. And so I got very inspired to, um, to do something similar and come out with my own, uh, with my own collection. Um, but of course, I, I didn't know, like at the time, um, how it would all come together. Um, and I slowly started, uh, you know, coming up with a, a logo and, and a website and things like that. And um, I kind of wasn't sure at first how it would go, you know, like I thought it, it might be something for um, like an art audience and for friends, you know, initially. Um, but, you know, coming into it a year later, um, I feel like it's it's expanded a lot more than I thought it would. And mm. it's it's reached a, a wider audience than I thought it would have. Yeah, and you've yeah. done such an amazing job to make that happen. So when you actually started, were you just making for fun? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you weren't actually thinking, I, I, I need a new small business no, um, to try earrings. I had absolutely no experience in business or in jewellery making. Um, so I kind of relied on my fine art um, sort of background to, um, to help me with the creativity and the making part of things. Um, and then all the business stuff, I had to very much learn from scratch um, on my own. So, mm, yeah. yeah. And we'll talk about the business and how you run it in a second. So um, just going back to the actual, your practice. So do you see the, the earrings as your art practice? Um, I think I see it as a as a sort of like a branch out from my art practice, if that makes sense. So it's kind of not directly, but um, I definitely put in a lot of, uh, I guess, all the elements from my my sort of core art practice in, in sculpture and photography, and I take that and I and I put that into my earrings. Um, and I very much see my earrings as being like tiny sculptures or like tiny mm. paintings in a way. Mm. So why don't you think of it as part of, part of your practice so much? Um, I mean, you I, obviously see it as part of the practice, but yeah, I mean, you don't have time to be making any other work at the moment, I presume. Mm, yeah, no, I think it's because um, I feel like my, my earrings very much sit in between being uh, like an artwork, but also being a product as well. Um, and they kind of sit in this weird in-between space um, when you're making for, for like retail, it's kind of different to when you make for an art gallery or for an exhibition. And I think that's why I kind of see it as um, kind of a separate thing from, um, from my fine art practice, but um, I very much enjoy it just as much, I think, you yeah. know, 
yeah and you can see you know where it's come from the the connection to your your art practice and your love of painting you know I really yeah. can see the connections yeah yeah but so, it's interesting isn't it how we sort of define art practice and you know and the sort of the way it combines with business because art, mm-hmm. artists are selling their work as a business which is kind of similar to what you're doing in a way yeah it is kind of um it's yeah I I can kind of see how that would relate um I think with with what I'm doing with my um with making earrings is that with my art practice I think I very much think about myself and in my own development and then when I make earrings I think a lot about other people and who they could be for um because they're going um you know they're um they're for sale my my earrings are for sale and um I often think about who would wear them or I often when I'm making I often think about um what someone might look like or you know their personality and things like that it's quite different I think to, um, yeah 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 I can see that and so do you feel like you're actually making stuff that you know for you that you love that you can also sort of connect with other people out there? Or are you kind of coming away slightly sometimes from your first choice in design just purely for the commercial reasons? I think I definitely make things for myself that I love. Like I wouldn't put anything out there that I that I don't love, you know. Um, but I often do try and make, um, make designs in colours that I think would suit a range of, of different people um but yeah I definitely make for uh for myself first I think because mm, I feel like that's good. where the passion comes from you know exactly if yeah you're making for other people for a commercial aspect it's not as as fun you know no. and it's yeah. very hard to maintain I'd say. exactly yeah. yeah the inspiration and the momentum in a way yeah absolutely yeah. and so um you know you're so you're obviously making more than one um of the same earring mm. could you see yourself ever you know making a a range for something like an art gallery that maybe one-off pieces or or something like that that is slightly different to the other more commercial side I initially started out with um with one-offs like just limited edition one-off pieces um just to test um test design as well just to see what people would like um and only more recently I've started making um multiples of the same design um but I you know doing the limited edition works were definitely a lot more uh a bit more fun I think and being able to um create one-off pieces just for you know a person or it could be you know for a gallery um so it kind of yeah for my own store I've started to make more of um more multiple designs but I think um being able to make the sort of more one-off limited edition pieces are um, a little bit more exciting in a way and being mm. able to, you know, design or be inspired by an artist or, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. And it feels like there's there's a lot of potential out there for what you could come up with with designs, especially for something that's a little bit different that, you know, you could see at, a, at an art gallery, mm. yeah, which is nice in a way that you've got that potential and, and there's that sort of variety where you can – kind of have different categories I guess yeah there's definitely a lot of options I think when it comes to um when it comes to earrings I know like 
I get a lot of people who ask me if I'm going to start making other forms of jewellery, like necklaces and, and stuff. Um, but I think earrings are actually quite broad. Like you can actually do so much with um, just with different kinds of um, statement earrings alone, I think. Mm, yeah, totally. Um, I love yeah. earrings. Yeah. I <laughs> <laughs> it's my favourite form of jewellery, I think. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. 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 Just because but, it sits so close to your face and yeah. you know, it can really brighten it can really brighten your whole outfit or your mood even as well. Yeah. Well you can have something really plain on and then amazing earrings and it just sort of makes the outfit. Yeah. Yeah. I love, love that. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> I actually own a pair of Vanessa's earrings, which I treasure. I think they were from one of your first collections. It was, yeah. 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 Um, which is exciting. And I always get comments when I wear them. Oh, amazing. Yeah. That's lovely to hear. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. Um, so I guess it would be interesting for um, our listeners just for you to go through the actual process from beginning to end mm-hmm. on how you actually um, set yourself up and work through making a pair of earrings. Yeah, so so my studio process. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I start off with um, with blocks of polymer clay. So it comes in... Um, often quite bright colors and I mix I mix the colors together to kind of tone uh, often tone down shades Um, and I work with a pasta machine to um, to roll out the clay and to and to condition it Um, polymer clay does come when it comes in a pack it's quite hard still and so it needs the warmth of your hands to be able to roll it out um, and to make it more workable and so um, I often start by um, I do a lot of research in terms of colors actually to start with. So I look up, I look up color palettes quite a lot. Um, and just to see what colors work well together, it's kind of like, kind of like painting as well. You know, you look mm. at colors that are complementary, um, or, you know, certain families that color families that work together. And so, um, I often start with a color palette in mind and then I start rolling out the clay and um, and then I have all the colors for the details. So I keep that quite separate to the to the main slab that I work with. Um, and so I mix everything by hand, so all the colors. Wow. Um, so you can and, actually take a couple of colors and mix them so they create another flat color. Yes, yeah, yeah. So um, the pasta machine does most of the work in, in terms of that. Um, before I had the pasta machine, I was doing it all by hand and I'm mixing it, but um, I found I found having a pasta machine to be like the mm. most helpful thing to have. Mm. And, and how do you actually like do you do you put it one on top of the other, the colours, and then put it through the pasta machine? Yeah, so I just I make it very flat so it fits, um, and you can adjust the different levels on the pasta machine depending on how how thick or thin that you want it. Um, and then by the time you roll it through and you do that multiple times, the colours start to blend together very well. Um, or you could kind of marble them together as well if you want kind of swirly patterns. And um, so, yeah, I, I end up using that a lot to, to create my colours and then adjusting them as well, adjusting the colours and the tones to work with. Um, and then I start to kind of design and, and um, roll out very thin, thin pieces of clay um, to create the details, things like flower petals or, you know, stems and... Um, and then I embed it with a roller. So I, I use an acrylic roller to um, to push the designs in so it lays flat. 
Mm. Um, and you I use think tweezers to to place your tiny pieces. I use like a, a scalpel, actually, like ah. a yeah, to kind of help me to place everything. So yeah. it's very uh, very intricate work. It's yeah, very small. it really is very it's, tiny. And you know, for people listening, again, it's it's hard to visualize, but you know, the petal could be. I mean, oh, it's, it's, it's so small. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's almost just you know a few pinheads. I mean, yeah. you are actually working with tiny, tiny shapes. I know yeah. it's crazy. <laughs> I know I have so so much admiration for you doing it that and have, having the patience. It's just yeah. insane. I think patience is the most important thing, actually, in all of this. Um, is um, you know sometimes when you're rolling up the clay it needs to be exact in terms of placement and where it goes so um, yeah having a lot of patience for that is yeah. uh, very important very important and so you um, just back to to you've you've placed your designs and then when you're doing multiple mm. um, works how, how do you organize that so I have I usually make like a, a larger slab to work from and I have little clay cutters that um, that I use to get the shape, the outer shape of the earrings. And so I will um, I will do a little imprint of each little cutter shape onto the slab, and then I'll work from there. So I'll usually start with one earring, one finished earring design, and then I'll copy it for all the other ones so that they look as you know as as slim as similar as possible yeah and they really do look (laughs) similar I don't know how you do it I think I tend to find all the um the differences and and when I'm making although it looks like the same from afar I I can I notice when things are a little bit off yeah I bet you do (laughs) but why why Vanessa do you want each one to be exactly the same um well I think when you're um well, when I when I first started making earrings, um, and I was making one-off pieces, I often found from just from chatting to friends and and people that um, when one sold out, you know, like they would kind of miss out on that one pair. And so I started making um, multiple so that they'd be a bit more accessible. And that's something that I want to continue on in in my business is making it more accessible to people and being able to choose designs and having them uh, be available. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is hard, isn't it, when you're, you know, the only person doing the making. So once you've actually, you know, placed your designs and and rolled them into the shapes, <laughs> then what happens after that? Um, so I use the little, uh, my clay cutters to cut them all out individually. Um, and then I, so there'll normally be a, a statement piece and then also a stud piece on the top of the earrings to make up you know, a singular, a singular earring. Um, and so I start to um, embed the studs, so the stud posts into the clay. So um, typically people would glue them on the back, I've seen. Um, but I, I like to embed them just so that they're very, they're very sturdy and they're quite invisible. And so um, I will bake the, um, bake the stud posts with the, um, with the clay in between them. And then um, once they're all baked and they come out of the oven, um, I start to sand them with a, um, a Dremel. So I've got a handheld sander that I like to use. And so I sand um, every surface of the of the earring. I do the top, I do the sides, um, I do all the like little corners and things like that with um, with a Dremel first, and then I move on to hand sanding after that. So I go through kind of multiple stages of sanding. 
um, with different grits of sandpaper so that by the end it's it's very smooth to touch. Mm, and they are so smooth and beautiful to touch. I think that's a real feature of your earrings, actually. It's it's just it's so soft and it's, you know, all the edges are, are softened and and it feels it's quite it's kind of velvety matte, isn't it? Almost. Yeah, I think yeah. I think jewelry should be nice to touch as well as to wear, um, and I think it adds that little bit of like extra quality when they've been sanded down, um, you know, very finely as well. Yeah, it really does. So after the sanding process, what happens? Um, I also polish them afterwards. So I go back to the Dremel after that, and I've got like different attachments as well. And so um, I end up buffing them all out as well. So they're super shiny by that stage. Um, and then I, um, I start to assemble them. So I've got like pliers and jump rings and I put it together. Um, and then I usually photograph them after that. So there's a bit of a process before I get to the packaging, mm. um, to the packaging stage. Um, I usually take photos or I'm usually recording through the process of making as well. So um, little things like that so that I've got content for social media and yeah, things like that you yeah know? so you're really um, good at that and we'll we'll touch on that a bit more when we start talking about your business but that is an important part of the process and uh, you know giving people a, a sneak peek into your process and practice is really cool I think yeah and a real feature of what you do and it's such an interesting process and it's it's really generous actually to share share what you do you know and share that sort of personal process and approach that you have yeah I think I think um, people tend to value what you do more when they actually see how much time and and effort that you put into it and so I kind of like to share that um, you know the little behind the scenes clips of me making just to show that I actually do embed everything and I do send everything myself um, yeah, and it, because, it does, I guess it adds value, doesn't it, to, yeah. to the product when you can see the work and time that's gone into it. Yeah. And your, um, I mean, I, I did initially think it was that the, the florals and the botanicals were painted in before I got to understand your process. Yeah, most people do, actually. Most people yeah. think they've been, like, hand-painted And that, um, that on really top. has that effect, doesn't it, which is really quite a cool thing. Yeah, I think... Um, I think that um, embedding them kind of keeps the design within, like in the clay, so it kind of lasts longer too. I wasn't sure if paint if paint would kind of come off over time, mm. and so it makes it, you know, they last a lot longer, especially you know when yeah. they've been embedded into the clay. And I think embedding is just something a bit different, isn't it? In a way, it is. Yeah, I haven't seen it too much in terms of like polymer clay earrings, so. Mm. Um, I think when you start a business, you kind of have to find all the things that um, make your business unique and and what you do kind of special um, and promoting that, I think, you know, to um, for people to see the value in what you do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so just, just the last thing really to talk about with your earrings is that you have different collections, don't you? Yes. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us about the, the kind of collections that you have and what inspires those? Yeah, so um, I've I've come out with so many collections since I since I first started. Um, at the beginning, I was kind of coming out with a collection a month, which kind of got a bit too much. I found in terms of work, 
Um, so now I've sort of cut it back to about every three or four months, depending on um, depending on the seasons. I tend to work to, uh, with seasons a lot, I think. Um, and I often like to plan ahead, you know, plan ahead for the next three or six months and, and think about um, what people are wearing and um, what season it's going to be. Um, and just kind of what's what's trending and what I what I see other people wearing and you know um, and so with my collections I I have done a lot of florals and botanicals in the past and I think people kind of know me for the sort of flowered like floral designs mm. and um, maybe that comes back from your your childhood with your collection to growing yeah maybe (laughs) you never know (laughs) um I'm very inspired by uh by nature and um and just my friends I think just seeing what other like what my friends are wearing um in terms of like jewelry I find that now more than ever when I go out and I see people that I am looking at their earrings (laughs) (laughs) and just seeing what they're what they're wearing um and so I very much started off with designing collections for I kind of had a younger audience in mind um people who were around my age that I was kind of designing for um and then eventually uh found that there are a lot more people of different ages who actually enjoy them too and Mm -hmm. so um I've started branching out more towards um you know like not just statement pieces but going more towards like little studs and things like that eventually um and hoop earrings and things like that so that'd be um, interesting yeah so I've um I really want to branch out a bit more in terms of uh styles for the website and being able to make it more uh accessible and Mm. have lots of options to choose from just like how you would pick out a different outfit like an outfit for the day you can change up your earrings too and yeah I really like the idea of that yeah and I like that your collection's kind of uh are still available you know it doesn't sort of sell out like I think it used to at the beginning didn't it yeah yeah so it's nice now that you can um reproduce those so they're always you know people can choose from all of the collections that you've made yeah and so you've got collections like the abstract floral and the color me collection was a lot which is very painterly wasn't it where you yes yeah and I actually watched a video of yours where you were like literally painting the clay onto the clay yes so (laughs) So, can you tell us about that I love that one um it was kind of a new technique that I wanted to try at the time and I have always wanted to do a painting inspired collection uh from the beginning and and um kind of didn't know really know where to start um but a friend of mine Andrea who I who's also an artist um she's an abstract painter um I collaborated with her on that um, on that collection and so she created the paintings so she made the paintings especially for me to work with Um, and then I worked from the paintings themselves and created uh, the color palette and and sort of the that the gestural sort of hand you know the painterly marks um, were all done in clay so I did a lot of experimenting uh, months before that and trying to get this technique to look uh, to look right <laughs> and to, um, to look like paint. And so um, it was sort of a mixture of me, uh, you know, like testing out how, how, uh, how clay can be painted um, on top of a clay surface mm. um, without it, uh, you know, without it looking weird. You know, I think 
clay on top of clay can kind of look a bit uh, a bit rough sometimes. So I kind of want it to be smooth um, like paint, mm. you know. And so I, I really had to condition and warm the clay up before I started to paint it just so it was easier to work with. Um, and then I um, rolled it through the pasta machine to smooth everything out so that it would look a bit more like a painterly surface on top and um, I actually ended up experimenting a lot with uh, with resin at the time and and because Andrea's paintings were um, were oil um, oil paintings I kind of wanted to get that that gloss and that sheen that you see in the oils and so I I experimented with uh, laying resin on top of them, um, a few different kinds of resins. Mm. And um, in the end, it kind of didn't work out how I wanted it to. And so I, I ended up leaving it quite natural and without anything on top. Mm. But um, all those little kind of stages, yeah, yeah, all those little steps that you do behind the scenes that people don't end up seeing. Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's a bit it's a bit of work, but it uh, it's, it's fun to kind of play around with it. Too. Yeah, and you yeah. are very experimental, aren't you? I mean, you're you're that's a huge part of your practice. That's why, in a way, I kind of think of this as as an art practice. It's not, yeah. you know, sometimes people just whip up earrings. I feel like it's so much more than that for you. It's you know, it's really sort of connecting to your love of painting, collect, connecting to your art practice in the past and that's all coming together in this very sort of artistic beautiful way and yes it's earrings but to me they're almost like mini artworks really yeah I think it kind of it surprises me that I'm kind of doing this because I I never thought that I would be working in the in the realm of jewelry making I think that's why I kind of separated it for a long time and, Mm. and thought about it as a something different but um I agree like very much in a way that I am using all those different elements uh, and skills and and painting and and sculpture and even things like photography and and, um, shooting my products and things like that. Exactly. It does come across into what I'm doing now. Yeah. And I I think it's a a very holistic um, practice and a really sort of interesting creative process that you you work through. And so when you, um, I mean, you've also done... um, collections that have like New Zealand flora and sort of botanicals and also inspired by artists who paint botanicals is that right? Yeah so I did a collection for the Auckland Art Gallery shop um, and it was an exclusive collection for them um, inspired by Fanny Osborne who was a uh, botanical illustrator and so she um, she painted in watercolors these really beautiful um, native uh, native flowers um, and so um, the Auckland Art Gallery asked if I wanted to sort of make a collection specifically for them. Um, and there was a Fanny Osborne artwork that was being featured in one of the exhibitions. Um, and so um, I spent a bit of time uh, looking through her work and Fanny Osborne's work and her practice and um, coming out with um, with a few different designs um, inspired by her works um, it was really hard to get them exact, um, and they weren't supposed to be exact either, but um, because it works very detailed, um, I tried to get as much detail as I could um, in the earrings and make them look like um, look like the flowers that they were supposed to look like, mm. you know, and so, oh, good. Um, yeah, and so those are, um, those are available in the shop now. Which is Isn't cool. that great? Yeah. And how, how wonderful to be asked by the Auckland Art Gallery, New Zealand's 
biggest art gallery. It's very cool. To, uh, to make some work for the shop. I mean, that's, yeah. that's great. I'm, and I ended up making um, quite a few. I had to make the same of, you know, of, of different style, of four different styles. And so um, I ended up spending a couple of months just making um, making for the shop. Wow. Yeah. That's great. And that must be quite hard in a way when you've got your other part of the business and because it's just you making, then, yes. you know, it, it would be quite tricky, I guess. Yeah. It was a lot of uh, late nights and you know, a lot of weekends working on um, working on that, but I love yeah. it though. You know, yeah. yeah, so good. And when you um, when you actually start, I mean, we you talked about the clay process, but you obviously do lots of drawings, don't you, to start with? I do. Yep. So everything is um, everything is designed um, on paper first, um, and then I kind of experiment with uh, with colors and um, and you know, kind of. I sometimes end up changing the design a little bit from what I initially draw, depending on how, because you can't kind of uh, determine how it's going to look in clay all the time. And so um, I usually start with the drawings and then uh, end up finishing with, you know, a prototype in clay before I start to kind of mass produce a little bit more. Mm. And how, yeah. many, how many do you actually make when you mass produce? Um, I tend to work in pretty small numbers, even though it's, you know, um, so I can probably make about eight pairs in a day, which doesn't sound like very much, but it's like 16 if you think about it. When you think mm. about a pair, um, it'll be like 16 clay tiles and then plus the little, uh, little stud on the top is also another extra piece. So it kind of adds up in, in terms of a day's work, even though it doesn't sound like you're making very much. But all the sanding and everything that comes after that, actually, you know, yeah, it takes absolutely. a bit of time. So you do you do try to go through that whole process from beginning to end, you know, within a day or two, and and have the finished products ready to photograph and and put out there. Sometimes, yeah. If not, then it kind of carry. It always ends up carrying over to the next day. I find. Mm. <laughs> yeah. No, that's so good. Well, you know, it's it's a very interesting process. Um, so, is there anything else you'd like to say about about your process? Um, I don't know. <laughs> We've probably covered it, haven't we? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, it does involve a lot of detail, I think. With, um, yeah. Yeah, with, with the work that I do. But I've also seen some, like, very beautiful works that are, um, that are like, sort of left natural as well. So you don't necessarily have to sand them all down, but um, it's just something that I've come into the routine of doing and, mm. and kind of stuck with a, a certain procedure for my, you know, for my works and for mm. my product and, and sticking to that. Yeah, and I, I think that works well that people expect that softness and that velvety texture and um, that precision and it's it's almost like your signature and then you can kind of explore different ideas w within that really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Very cool. So I'm um, just going on to your small business. As I said mm -hmm. earlier, you're celebrating one year in business which is a huge achievement because that first year in business, as I know, is not easy. And, um, you know, like you said, in, in July, you you stopped your other part-time jobs and, and devoted yourself to your business. So, um, you know, well done. That is massive. Thank and you. Uh, I really <laughs> admire what you've done. I've been loving following your, your journey. Um, so Dewdrops is the name of the business. How did you come up with that? Um, so it took me months to actually come up with a name, you know, like finding a business name is, is so hard. And 
um, and trying to find a name that's not taken as well, especially on, you know, you have to find like the domain and then also, you know, your Instagram and social media to make sure that um, there aren't too many people with the same name. Um, but I initially came up with dewdrops. Um, I kind of thought about the word drops as in like um, in relation to earrings, like having something dangling from your ears, like little drops. Um, but I also thought about um, dewdrops in terms of, um, you know, forming in the morning and the early hours of the morning and, and kind of signal, signaling a new day. And so um, I thought that was a kind of a cute name as well to come up with for a, for a little business. Mm, yeah, so, I like it. Yeah, it's kind and of I think taking it, it, it day by day. Yeah, I like that. And it, it feels, I don't know, the idea of dewdrops is, is very delicate. You know, it's yeah. a delicate thing and beautifully formed, which kind of fits, I think, with what you're making. Yeah, and I always thought that I might do an earring shape as a dewdrop as well. So I thought, you know, it would be yeah. a cool shape to do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, how did you actually get started with the business? I mean, what? There's obviously a lot of learning that you've you've been through this this first year, yes. but how did you turn it from from being a hobby in lockdown to something that was actually making money and um, was looking more like a business? Um, I definitely um, me and my husband work together a lot because he he's also working on his own too and he's got his own business in digital marketing. Um, and so he's been running his business for a little bit over a year now too. And so we are kind of in the same boat in trying to get um, our own small businesses going. And um, so he had a lot of experience um, just from working for himself. And so um, I got a lot of sort of advice from him in terms of how to start and where to start. Um, but I feel like you can find a lot online these days about, um, about how to start a business too, you know. Um, and so I did a lot of research in terms of, um, you know, all the things from like design to packaging, um, things you need for like social media and, and creating content and how to make a website and all those little things and even things like email marketing and how to promote your product because I think it's, it's one thing to make a product but it's another thing to actually sell it. Um, so all those little things are, are um, they all end up coming together in terms of creating a, a brand and a and a business for yourself, mm, you know? Yeah. And I think you're really good. I think your brand is is quite strong. And um, you know, the thing that really struck me at the beginning was the beautiful way you packaged your work. So it just kind of to me it really expressed the person you are as well I think the work does and also the packaging (laughs) it's just so sort of beautifully put together and delicate and it's quite feminine um and you know you've really thought about the colors and everything about it just just is quite cohesive I think so can you describe the actual packaging because it's very gorgeous um, so the packaging it comes in a um, in, on linen card, so um, it's it's been packaged on card, but also in a box as well. And so um, the box is like this nice white uh, cream coloured uh, uh, cardboard, and um, it's also the earrings also come in a um, tissue paper overlay as well. So when you open the box, you kind of have to lift the tissue paper off it. Um, to see the earrings and so it's like kind of a um, 
it's it's a really nice little I think I think it'd be cool as a gift that's what I, what mm. I initially bought you know it's like a gift box it really um, is and how did you comes... choose that tissue it's so it's so pretty it's floral uh, yeah it it's always a, the same tissue it's the same tissue it comes like in a very big sheet and then I cut it down into smaller pieces um, but the tissue is like a it's a Monet floral um, inspired tissue paper and so um, I thought it was quite fitting for the brand in terms of like something painterly and um, bright and colourful. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, it kind of all came together really nicely. Um, surprisingly, you know, I spent kind of months looking through different options in terms of um, like how to package the product and how to how it would send as well and in terms of how it would send in the mail and things like that. Um, all those little things are like super important in terms of um, how your customer ends up receiving their uh, receiving their products. That's right. And you have yeah. the actual earrings um, poked through the, the card. I do. Yeah. yeah. So I hand poke <laughs> all of them into the card and then cut all and the I, tissue. And, and I'm sure you measure, do you measure exactly where the dots, <laughs> where, yeah, where the holes need to I go? I do. I have like templates for it. And so Amazing. It's very like precise, but it makes me feel good when everything's put together nicely and and there's um you know it's all ready to go, ready for someone to receive. Mm. Yeah, well, you, do really, you do a very good job with that, Vanessa. Thank you. So uh, with social media, I know some artists find it hard, but um you're I think you're really good at that. So you have an Instagram dewdrops under, yes. underscore clay, clay yeah um, Instagram page and Facebook page. So can you tell us about that? I know you do quite a lot of, um, like you said, videos of your process, um, yeah. all sorts of parts of the process, really, really. Um, yeah. And, yeah, tell us about how you manage social media. Um, in the beginning, I found social media really difficult, actually, just because it's. I wasn't overly active on social media before I started Dewdrops. Um, and so um, I had to do a lot of research in terms of, uh, you know, what platforms to post on, um, just experimenting with like how many times you're posting a week or the different types of content as well and what people are engaging with. Um, and what's really great about social media is that you can often see like the statistics and things like that of, of um, you know, like who's interacting and, and what they're more likely to interact with and who your age, your audience is and things like that. So I try and stay as organized as I can in terms of social media and, and plan ahead. Um, at least, you know, a couple of weeks ahead, I try and kind of re like write the post up or have a picture in mind. And so um, a lot of work is done um, ahead of time. I find that's probably the best way for me to work and um, takes some of the stress away as well so that I can focus more on, on the studio and what's happening in the studio as well. Um, so yeah, I think social media is just one of those things that are, you know, it's constantly evolving and changing and mm. you kind of have to try and keep up with it constantly, yeah, you know? Really yeah. Do. And the reels on Instagram are, are, you know, a bit more of a thing and seem to reach more people, don't they, than stories yeah. at the moment. Yeah. So yeah. Are you putting your videos on reels or stories? I have, yeah. I've started to do more reels just because you can get more sort of organic reach with those and um, and, and stories, people love stories, I think, just being able to, um, you know, when it's, when that, you know, as, as opposed to a post that you can kind of scroll through, the story's kind of there that they can just click on it and view it and um, you can track your engagement with that sort of thing too, which is great. Mm. Yeah. And you have kind of put yourself out, I've noticed just in the last few months, I'm seeing more of Vanessa. 
(laughs) (laughs) which is good and that you know takes a bit of courage doesn't it but you know how do you find sort of promoting yourself and putting yourself out there as part of your brand I feel like I was kind of uh forced to put myself out there a bit more because of lockdown and not being able to have like friends to photograph during that time that kind of um it kind of meant that I could only sort of have myself to work with in terms of you know taking photos and stuff so um it's weird you know like I've always been I'm like very shy in terms of putting myself out there um but I've slowly started putting you know more pictures of myself and 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 more of you know content that Mm. involves me um other than just my hands working (laughs) (laughs) I think it you know it can be hard but I think it's it is really effective I mean I notice myself if I have a crazy photo of me doing something mad then um you know the engagement is is more than my usual you know other things that I post yeah and um it's also, you know, from my point of view, watching your business, I think it's nice. I already knew you, but it's nice to see your face. And because it's such an intimate process that you're doing with the work, it seems to make sense to have you showing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and also because I think your product suits you and it's it's so sort of you. That is nice actually to see you wearing the work um, and just, you know, for people to be able to connect to you as as the maker is nice. Mm, yeah, I was um, I was a bit shy to do it at first, but I think um, putting myself out there, I think I think that people enjoy seeing a face in relation to the brand and, and what you do as well. And so I think that um, for people to see that you make the earrings as well as do you know everything else. Um, it puts a bit more value into it, I think. Yeah, I think yeah. So. yeah, yeah. And so, with your with your business, you know, you do a lot of different things. Like, you have special offers, and you sort of do big new release moments. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you have lookbooks, and you photo- photograph your products, like you said, um, beautifully. And then you also do workshops. Yes. So, um, you know, you've actually got a lot going on, Vanessa, haven't you, in your business? I do. Yeah, I've only done a couple of workshops. Um, I was supposed to do one um, a couple months ago, but because of lockdown, it made it, you know, made mm. it very difficult. Um, but I'm hoping to start more things like workshops next year, hopefully, if we're able to. Um, and um, I don't know, just interact with people a lot more because I think that's that's sort of the important part of you know the most important part is actually the people that um, that are engaging with with what you do is to you know actually meet them in real life and and um, share my knowledge if I can you know I mm. think that's yeah that's lovely and and very generous I'd say so um just lastly about your business the selling of your work I mean you have your website and and you have a shop on your website yes and how else do you sell your work um it's also available in some uh art gallery shops as well um and so I've made uh a collection for the Auckland Art Gallery and uh Gavet Brewster as well as uh like the Howick Historical Village as well and Franklin Art Centre also stock them um so it's really nice to still have that connection with art galleries um and you know even if it's just in in a shop but I think 
Mm. Um, if they were to be in a shop, I think gallery shops are kind of the coolest place to have them so in. So do I. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, how, do you, how did you go about making that happen? Um, so I think it was more from uh, when I worked at the Auckland Art Gallery, just having friends and, you know, just I think it's about, like, who who you know, which sounds really weird, but um having friends who also worked there and then ended up going off to other other art galleries to work and just making those little connections. Mm. Um, you know, it kind of starts off small and then, you know, your audience and, and those connections start to grow a bit bigger. And yeah. And once you really once you thing. can say to a retailer that you're selling at another another retail, mm. I think that helps. You sort of it helps you to gain momentum, doesn't it? Really? That's true. Yeah. You know, it's it's still brave of you to go out there and approach people and and talk to people about your work and, you know, you've been very proactive in in making that kind of thing happen, I think. I try to, yeah. I've been very sort of determined to make this work, especially uh, doing this as like my main job now. You really have to um, be organised and and be motivated, I find, to, Mm -hmm. um, to make things, you know, to make things happen as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to motivate yourself, which is the hardest part, really, of having a small business. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Nobody sort of keeping you in shape. You've just got to do it yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where do you see your business heading in the future, do you think? Um, I think I would, well, I sort of have um, a long-term goal, I guess, long-term dream, Um I kind of wanted to come up with other products and so not just jewellery, but I kind of wanted to come up with like uh, notebooks and, and like cards and other things that people could buy. I kind of saw my website as something that, you know, people could shop for earrings, but maybe shop for other things as well in case maybe they didn't have their ears pierced or maybe other forms of jewellery I could kind of incorporate into um, into selling as well. But um I kind of want to do more workshops too. I think that'd be a lot of fun and, and markets too. I haven't done a market yet. Mm, so that'd yeah, be there, great. there are a few other things I want to do and want to make happen, but I always find it takes a lot longer than you think that it will, you know, to, to, um, to make all those little, you know, all those little things happen. So uh, mm. we'll see how it goes, but yeah. I definitely, yeah, want to keep making more and um, do more workshops for sure. And you, I mean, you've already achieved so much in your first year of business and they say it takes five years for a, a small business to um, really kind of start firing. So if you can make it for five years, you're going yeah. well. So yeah. <laughs> another four years, I'm sure yeah. you're going to be awesome. I'd love um, to do it, yeah. Yeah, and I can see you, you know, I can see this business going on for a long time and, and your beautiful work that you're making. So um, what do you think you're most proud of with your business and and the work that you're making? Um, I think I am most proud of um, sort of just the fact that I am, I think in the beginning it was really hard for me to do everything on my own and I was sort of constantly asking like questions and for advice, but I feel like, you know, a year on I'm able to do all the website stuff on my own on all the newsletters and, and 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 run it quite independently and I think that's sort of the main thing that I'm that I'm proud of um and also getting into shops I think um I never thought I'd I'd be stocking in shops that wasn't sort of part of the plan but um 
it's been very cool to see them like in a shop, like in a cabinet, you know? Yeah. yeah I think it's been really cool. Oh, it's so cool. Yeah. That's, that's very, very, it's a good achievement, you know, and it's exciting in a way that there's so much, I can see that there's so much more that you can explore and develop and develop, you know, it's not like you're kind of going to saturate your ideas or your approaches. I feel like there's so much that you can achieve and, with your sort of amazing work ethic and determination, determination, I, I'm sure you will achieve it. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, and just finally, Vanessa, do you have any advice for people starting out on their creative journey or on their sort of new venture, new creative venture? Um, to be honest, I think it's it's best to always to try it, even if it if you know like. I had a lot of doubts to begin with um, and I think it's better that you at least try and make it happen than not and I guess you'd never know if you if you didn't and and to keep making if that's what you love doing if it's a creative business um, because you'll learn along the way and it doesn't have to be perfect to begin with if you're launching something or creating something um, I think we focus a lot on on that perfection to begin with you know and I think it's more important that you grow from that and, and to see something, you know, to see something really happen and, um, you know, be successful. Yeah. 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 Just go for it, basically. Yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you, Vanessa. It's been lovely to see you and um, so nice to hear your story. And I, I really look forward to continuing to follow all the amazing work that you're doing and, um, yeah, I can't wait to see where you end up with this amazing business. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you for having me, Mandy. It's been oh, lovely you're... to chat to you and catch up. Yeah, lovely to chat to you too. Thanks, <laughs> Vanessa. <laughs>